right. Well, how many of you excited about today? I'm very excited. Thank you for um, that honor. I really appreciate that. I don't take it for granted. It's not lost on me. And, uh, and again, I'm just very grateful for the church. I love our church. I just want you to know, do you love your church? Do you love your church? I love our church. Well, we're in a series called Peace of Mind. We're launching it this month. And here's the reason why is because many of you may know that May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so what we want to do is we want to spend this month at City First talking about how to have a beautiful mind. That's all I want to talk about. In fact, in Proverbs 4.23, it says this, above all else, what's that word? Guard your heart for everything, everything you do flows out of it. Now, here's the thing. That verse is not talking about your physical heart, the organ that beats inside of your chest. What that's really talking about is your mind, that you guard your mind because everything flows out of it. And that's what we're going to talk about this month. In other words, your thoughts frame your future. Do you hear that? Your mind matters. Turn to the person next to you and say, your mind matters. And what we want to do this month is we want to talk about how to get rid of stinking thinking. Because some of us have some stinking thinking. All right? And whether you realize it or not, your actions are a direct result of your thought life. Okay? And so all of us, we do certain things because of how we frame our world, the worldview that we have. And so by the end of this month, this is Jen and my prayers for you. We pray that we would give you the tools at the end of this month so that you know how to live with faith and confidence and peace and strength and steadfastness and to live a life of forgiveness because how many of you know that sometimes you have to forgive some people, right? All right? And how to have hope and how to be un wavering and how to see your life objectively and most of all how to have your life guided by the love of God all right and so today what we're going to do is I'm excited because we're launching strong into this series today we're talking about the subject of depression and also a little bit about anxiety but really depression and and you might say well why are we talking about this well according to the World Health Organization Depression jumped by 25% during COVID. I mean, that's, that's a significant jump, all right? Johns Hopkins University says that they report one out of every four Americans will suffer from a diagnosable mental disorder in any given year in their lifetime. All right. So, so you may go through a, a season of loss. Maybe it wasn't during COVID, but maybe it was some other time. Maybe it's even now post-COVID that you've gone through a season of loss or maybe there's a season of, of emptiness or loneliness or whatever else. And, and John Hopkins says that basically one out of four of us is, is struggling with it at, at one point or another at all times. The Kaiser Family Foundation, which is an independent study group, they said this, they report 90%, 90% of Americans believe that our nation is facing a mental health crisis. Isn't that crazy? So this is the thing. Today, we want to talk about this subject because a lot of us sitting here today are dealing with it in some form or fashion. Now, you may not have, have, have told anybody about it. And, and can I tell you that depression, it's no, um, it, it, it's no respecter of, of people. In other words, it doesn't matter how much money you make or what kind of car you drive or what kind of watch you have, all right? 
all of us are susceptible to times where we may feel depressed or we may find ourselves even in seasons of depression. So when Jen and I were praying about this, uh, this series and we're going to look at the Bible, we're going to look about what God says about how to have a beautiful mind, uh, we reached out to a, a good friend and uh, you know what we said, hey, listen, will you please come help, help us kick off this series? Because um, many of you know who Michelle Williams is. Come on, give it up, right? <laughs> she's, she's a Rockford native, all right? And uh, was part of Destiny's Child, a huge, huge group. Uh, you know, now for, it's been like 20 some years, right? We don't know. It's been two years because we're not that old, right? Okay, so here's the thing. Sold more than 60 million records worldwide. Travel the world. She's a Grammy award-winning artist. She's a gospel artist. She's a philanthropist. She's an author, an entrepreneur. Also has had multiple TV appearances. And most importantly, above all that, she would tell you this. Most importantly, she is a strong woman of faith. She loves Jesus. She loves Jesus, all right? She now resides in the Atlanta area, but before then, she lived in the area. She called City First Church her home. So listen, she is not a guest. She's coming back home. Get to your feet, and let's welcome Michelle Williams as she comes up, all right? What's up, City First? <laughs> Appropriately, hello, good morning. <laughs> All right, you may go ahead and have a seat. Michelle, thank you for being here. You're, you're super busy. Um, you got a lot going on. And, and you know what, we, 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 I think we actually texted you at first. And we were yes. like, will you, will you please come? And you were like, I'm in. Which I want to tell you, that's not lost on us, Jen or myself, that in the midst of your crazy schedule and busyness, you were willing to carve out time and be a part of uh, our church and, and, and your church to some degree. Yes. I'm gonna, we're going to still claim you, just so you know. Okay. I talk about City First all the time, even while in Atlanta, Georgia, because <laughs> of um, y'all were there for a season of my life in depression, when it, you know, in a horrible pit of depression. Y'all were there for me, right? Um, Jen, my friend, would come to my house and bring kind bars. And I had never heard of kombucha, butcha, butcha. Kombucha. <laughs> I don't know. Because I was in the bed for weeks losing weight, and she would bring soup. And so I'm just thankful um, for friends that care. I pray that everybody in this room, you get some friends that care, that it bring you kind bars and kombucha. Yep, that's right. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Well, you are a friend, and, and I know Jen considers you a, a friend, and that was our honor. But, you know, um, some people might be watching today, and they might be thinking to themselves, okay, listen, you've, you've been a part of uh, uh, an amazing uh, musical group. You still are a gospel artist. You're an author. You're accomplished. You are, you are a boss woman. I mean, you, you have it together, and they might be saying, wait a minute, now, you struggle with depression or that's been part of your journey because sometimes a stereotype is that when you don't have anything that's when you struggle with depression but some people might say well you have a lot 
So, so talk about that. How, how, talk about your depression journey. Yes, where, where, where did it start? Where did it come from? Give us a little bit of background. Well, Dr. DeWert. Um, <laughs> well, let me tell you. I mean, you earned that, so I'd be letting people, I'd make people call me doctor for about nine months straight. Okay. <sighs> My journey of having depression I did not get a diagnosis until I was in my 30s, but we traced symptoms back to around the seventh grade. Mm -hmm. I remember in the seventh grade, um, isolation, sleeping a lot, my grades dropped, um, didn't want to do anything that I loved doing in my home church um, of St. Paul Church of God in Christ down the street. You must have, you, you're supposed to be at Women's Day. It's Women's Day at St. Paul right now. What you doing here? Don't get me in trouble. Trust me, my mother was like, make sure you come to St. Paul. <laughs> All right, Mom, I got to work. Um, but it started, we traced the symptoms back to seventh grade. And so I did not, I, I joined the group Destiny's Child with depression, but it was undiagnosed. So imagine you're going from that age of being in the seventh grade to your 30s, so you've learned how to cope with it, right. but it kinda doesn't serve you well because you've learned how to cope. You're just trying to survive. Um, so in my 30s, I got the diagnosis. I would go to therapy, but I would go to therapy to tell on people. <laughs> He did this, well, he did this, my mama did this, my daddy did this, my blah, blah, blah. he broke up with me, he cheated, blah, blah. And then there came a season of therapy where I was like, what am I doing? I'm making certain choices off of a condition, not blaming depression for certain choices because now, come on, you can't say you're depressed while we'll eat donuts after, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, you can laugh. Um, I don't wanna blame everything on having depression. Um, but I got the official diagnosis and began that journey of doing inner work, yes. learning what my unmet needs were, yes. also learning the thing about a stony heart. Yes. When you have a stony heart, love can't come in and love can't go out. But what happens with every betrayal, every disappointment, every time you were abused verbally or physically, you put a stone around that heart for protection, pride, whatever it is. I'm not going to let anybody get close to me and hurt me. Yeah. Yeah. But I couldn't let people love me, and nor could I. They weren't getting love back. They were getting, like, dirty water <laughs> out of me, you yeah. know. Yeah. No, that's good. Now, when, you know, going back, I'm sure there was a time where you thought to yourself, why am I thinking these thoughts? Why am I feeling these feelings? And you were maybe even hesitant to tell people. I think there's a lot of people that struggle with, whether it be depression or anxiety or maybe even some other things, yeah. and they're afraid because, you know, in our day and age, what we want to do is we want to look strong, want to look put together, and especially the more people you know or the more people that know you. So was there ever a time that you just kind of were like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of brush this under the rug? And then what made you decide instead, because you have now become very open about it, what made you decide to go public? I swept it under the rug for years. I'm going to quickly do this. Um, the first row. 
When I get to four, raise your hand. One, two, three, four. Nope, I'm not that perfect Christian. Yep, raise your hand, babes. One, two, three, four. Man with the brown. One, two, three, four, sir. Yep. One, two, three, four. You with the glass. Yep, beautiful. Yep. One, two, three, four. Yep. One, two, three, four. Oh. Okay, so everybody in those two rows stand up. That raised your hand. That raised your hand. Turn around. <laughs> That's what it looks like. You would see this man here like, ooh, your beard is trimmed. It's moisturized. Yes. Your hair is so pretty, balayage and ombre. Look at you, curly. You diffused it this morning. You know, you say, I'm going to put my ducks on. Woo. You were like, yes, I'm putting my linen on. I'm, you know, they're going to feature me at church today. You were just like, I'm chilling. I'm just, you know, I'm going to put my necklace on, you know. But it does not have a look. You may be seated. Just wanted y'all to know when you yes. made the statement, everybody in here could be facing something. So sweeping it under the rug, first of all, because of career, yeah. you want to look like you have it all together, or you grew up in church, so you can't talk about it, just pray about it. I think I did something a couple years ago where when we sweep it under the rug, if I were to sweep up 30 years of mess, yes. pick this rug up, that's what it looks like. Right. Right. The dust bunnies, the nickels, the quarters, yeah. you know, the debris. Um, and so just swept it under the rug because in 2018, I had just, it was rehearsing, we did Coachella, I got engaged. What else was going on? Life was good as far as on the outside and on paper, but I was in a pit of depression and I couldn't say anything because I didn't want to be a Debbie Downer. People were getting married. People were having babies. I just got engaged. So you're okay. But untreated, left unsaid, checked myself into a treatment facility in 2018 for depression. And how, how did that, how did that help you to actually, in a sense, say, I need help? Because isn't that the first step? The first step to admit it, right? And did that, did that bring a certain degree of freedom? Now, it didn't probably solve everything, but at least it opened mm. the door. It was the most liberating thing you can ever say, those three words. I'm not okay. I need help. So once I... Tried to clean my face a little bit. I talked to my therapist at the time, got in my truck, and this was when I was in living in Los Angeles. I drove to a treatment facility that we selected and checked myself in. I didn't wax my mustache. I looked crazy, y'all. I just, <laughs> I didn't even take clothes. I just got in my truck and went. Good on you. The nurses were so kind, they went down the street to a Target to get me pajamas and other, other garments, you know, to have. And um, another reason why people don't say anything, I get a phone call a few days later. Um, Y'all familiar with TMZ? Yeah. <laughs> Not mad at them. They do their job, you know. But they found out where I was. And... Uh, I had to put out a statement. 
You want privacy during that time. You want safety during that time. So I could see why you young people, you might not say anything because you're wondering, are my, is it going to be on Facebook? Is somebody going to tell my business? Yeah. Those of you who might be CEOs, presidents, supervisors, here in the church, right. I don't want anyone to know. But for me, I was so desperate for help. Yes. Those what ifs had to go out the window. Yes. Shame had to go yes. out the window to get the help that I needed, even with the paparazzi finding out. I said, I was eventually going to tell it. My mom says I talk too much and tell too much of my business, but I believe it helps people and it makes impact, right? But that could, you know, and so um, that's book two. Um, you know, sometimes your story can make impact. And I believe getting the help that I needed helped me overcome. I knew I wanted to live. I knew I wanted to live, yeah. yes. you know, um, and so when you know that already, you're in good, sh you're in good shape, right. but please go get help. Pray, yes, Lord, pray. Yes, yes God, pray, but go see a counselor. Yes. Nothing well, is wrong. I think you bring up a good point with that because I think all of us to a certain degree struggle with imposter syndrome which is this idea that silently you say to yourself, if people only really knew me, it's not who they think I am. I'm battling, I'm struggling, that kind of thing. And it's interesting, sometimes the very people that create the depression or help create depression in you are the very ones you're trying to impress. And it's kind of a weird cyclical problem. It's very... It's, it's kind of messed up in my estimation. So here you brought in the, the, the prayer part of it. Prayer is important, but I think one of the things too is that Christians feel like they can't admit if they're having any mental health issues because that equates to I don't have enough faith or that, you know, I, I'm supposed to be a Christian. I'm supposed to have it all together. Yeah. Well, that's not true, right? So, so talk about your faith and talk about the depression, you had faith, you loved Jesus, yeah. wasn't like you didn't love Jesus, you can have faith and you can also be struggling with these things. So juxtapose that a little bit, talk a little bit about that. Did that ever like hold you back from saying, I need help publicly is because you feel like I'm a Christian, I need to have it all together. I definitely, a sliver, man, I'm a, I feel like a hypocrite. I'm the girl that said, when Jesus said yes, nobody can say no. When Jesus said, go to therapy. So um, prayer is a weapon. Therapy is strategy. Say, say that again. Dr. That is Anita Phillips, that is good. who is a uh, licensed psychologist, but is a woman of God, a minister. She's traveling across this world, breaking um, things down. She said, prayer is a weapon, therapy is a strategy. When I, before I go to therapy, I pray, God help me to focus on the issues that I need to focus on, right? After therapy, I'm like, all right, Lord, you heard what she said. <laughs> 
Help me do the work. It is strategy. Help me do the work. It is work. Now, as far as Christians, my uncle, um, y'all might be familiar with uh, Dr. Charles Washington, who is also a minister. He saw a lot of people in his office that went to church for various ailments. I'm going somewhere here. Now, if you can go to the doctor for chronic headaches, low blood sugar, reproductive health issues, cardiovascular health issues, certainly you're still Christian when you go to the doctor for that. Right. Ooh, that's good. That's good. You will still be Christian when you walk into that same medical building because we don't say, oh, that's just the spirit. No, you, you, you have an a, a autoimmune situation. But we always say that's just the spirit when someone doesn't know how to grieve a loss properly and you become depressed. Everyone has mental health, everyone, but everyone does not have mental illness. Everyone has mental health, mind health, brain health, just like I have cardiovascular health. So you'll just say, how is the health of your mental state? So we get that intertwined. I see comments like mental health is real when you really mean to say mental illness is real. But everyone has mental health. I just need, there's, I know a mighty hush came over the building when I said that. Just like you have heart health, reproductive health, you also have mental health. All right? That's okay. You're not, still Christian. All right. <laughs> it's okay. It, uh, did, did that shock you? No. No? Okay. That's good. That's so good. So you went into, um, you checked yourself in. Yes, sir. And talk to me about your journey from that point forward because you have found freedom. We were even talking backstage. Mm-hmm. You know, you've, you have found freedom. Um, it doesn't mean everybody has to necessarily check themselves into a place, but they should reach out for help to somebody yeah. who's qualified, right? Ooh. Right? Not just anybody. And, and I'm going to put on this, and, and, I, and here's the pastor talking. I think that they should be a person of faith, mm-hmm. like faith, because I think some of these things are not just, you know, emotional, but some of these things are spiritual. Absolutely. There's a spiritual dynamic. You cannot, you cannot take and remove the spiritual part of you from you. So that's a part of the woven into the fabric of who you and I are. So there needs to be a spiritual component to the counseling also. So, so talk to, just, just riff. Go wherever you want on that. But where, where did that therapy take you? What have you mm-hmm. experienced? I absolutely agree. You can definitely... Um, experience some depression because of a betrayal, abandonment, loss, abuse. I find that probably the majority of people that are in church are, have, I don't want to, some are depressed because of not knowing how to grieve a loss properly. When I mean loss, I don't necessarily mean just the loss of a loved one who went on to glory loss of a job, loss of life the way you knew it, and now you don't know how to cope. COVID changed everything. Now you don't know how to cope, right? 
Now, I think left untreated, I think the devil gets excited because he's looking to see, see who he can see who he can devour. So when you're at a vulnerable point, I think that is when he gets a hold of you and it can turn into something um, that it did not have to turn into had you known how to cope. Right? Change your mind, change your life, right? Uh, Romans 12, 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, all right? What is the mind where you think, feel, and choose from? I need to get renewed how I think, I need to renew how I feel, and I need to renew what I choose. The mind can't help the millions of thoughts that come into it every day. You know, you got to get those things captive, right? That's the mind, the place where you think, feel, and choose. So renewing the mind, what I meditate on, what I say, what I speak, the work that I'm going to do within therapy and counseling, I, my very first therapist here in Rockford, Illinois, was amazing, super kind, super amazing. And I'll never forget the first time I walked into a counseling session, I saw people walk in and out that looked like me and you. I thought, I thought, first of all, um, uh, y'all obviously know I'm black, right? I'm the black Michelle Williams. There is a white Michelle Williams from Dawson's Creek. Oscar award winning Michelle Williams. But I also didn't think therapy was for people who looked like me. And it is. So when I say that, there were people who walked in and out that looked like me, that looked like us. It did not have a look to it. Depression and anxiety does not have a look. So I learned that if I change my mind, I can change my life. I also kind of almost had to repent because I thought trauma was going to, um, I, mean, I thought success would heal my trauma. Success does not heal trauma. I need everybody to admit in here, raise your hand, even those who are about to go, well, don't raise your hand because then your mama would know. Raise your hand if you said, I'm going to leave home to escape dysfunction. It's okay. I'm going to leave home to escape dysfunction, abuse, toxic family members, dogs, cats, turtles, whatever is toxic. Then you leave home, you get the degree, you make the salary you dreamed of, and yet it didn't work. Trauma, success did not heal my trauma. You know what I find success does? It actually, it actually exposes your trauma. It exposes <laughs> it, yeah. but prayerfully it gives you the means yes. to get the help you need and pay it forward to someone else that needs it. That's right. That's right. Ooh, y'all clap to that. So I, I know. knew it's y'all good. like that. It's good. Okay. Um, you know... We've been talking a lot about COVID, right? It's the, it's the thing that we've all experienced. It has been the great unifier, and it's been the one thing that uh, it, it's, the, it's leveled uh, the playing field. 
every single person has been impacted by COVID in some form or fashion. Um, couldn't escape it with money or success or ingenuity or anything else, okay? It's changed our world. And what I've found is I found there's actually, in my own experience, there's been two almost kind of broad brushstroke categories of people that have been impacted by COVID. First, those that were impacted in COVID. Mm-hmm. The isolation, the loneliness, um, you know, maybe being in your house a lot or whatever else, it, it created a lot of mental health issues. But then, and I'm saying this because some of you maybe need to hear this, then there's another, again, broad brushstroke category of people. It's been post-COVID. You were actually fine during COVID. It's once COVID started to go away that's when you got hit with some things. And I've, I, I mean, I'm talking very high capacity people I've talked to, um, very influential people I've talked to. 2022 was harder for them than 2020. Transitions. Transitions and, and the, the new world. And it's kind of a crazy world. Um, I know for me personally, 2022 was harder than 2020 or 2021. And here's the reason why. Because during 2020 and 2021, my, I put on my little leader hat, and I'm like, we're going to save this church. We're going forward. We're figuring out our way through it. You know, everything is crazy. It's unknown. And actually, I actually thrive in those environments, like my personality. Okay. It was after things settled down and became, quote, unquote, normal, whatever normal is now. After it became normal, then all of a sudden, I went in the funk. Yep. There's a part of me that was like, ooh, and I didn't have motivation, I still had a year to go in you my was, doctoral. First of all, you was tired. I was pooped. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and I'm in the middle of my doctoral program. I'm like, I told Jen, I'm like, I have to read like all these books. I have no motivation right now. And Jen was like, it's not about motivation. Just do it. I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> Everybody needs a gin in your life. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Bringing me soup and kombucha, <laughs> right? But literally, um, that's when I found myself having the, the mental mind games. It was after COVID. So what have you seen, not just yourself, but in your friends, as you travel? How has COVID kind of impacted things? What are you seeing right now in the landscape of America and culture? Yes, sir. Thank you for sharing. To have a leader of a church this size, to be able to admit I was in a funk. I got really, really low. So what happens is you're working through adrenaline, you're serving, you're leading, and you don't have time to be depressed. You don't have time to be sad, you know, but then there are times where you do sit down. How many caretakers are in here? I love you back. Bless you. You know, caretakers, say when that person, if they pass on or you put them into a facility or something like that, Then you get into a state of, let's call it what it is, you are, that was a state of depression or even anxiety because of transition, all right? And that's okay to even have someone professional um, uh, walk with you and coach you or counsel you even through transition. Counseling and therapy doesn't always have to be um, processing doom and gloom. It literally can be I am in a funk, what is this, what happened, I'm normally not like this. Those are signs that, let me seek some help. Let's do more than Google, 
Google is your first step, maybe on Googling resources, but honey, Google will have you die, dying in two days. Yeah, right, it's right. like, no, it's just a hangnail. It's, it's, it's just a hangnail. It's true. Sheesh, it's just a hangnail. All right, um, but uh, that thing with COVID, we came out and it's like, okay, now what? We were taught what to do in COVID. Wash your hands, you should have been doing that anyway. Mask up, do this, do that. But where's the plan now for post-COVID? We don't have it. So I think that's part of the reason people are like, what do we do now? Do we really go back to normal? No, wash your hands. Please do that. The Lord is in that request. He's in that instruction. Somebody find a scripture for clean, oh, clean hands, pure heart. There you go. There you go. Come on. Come on. You start preaching here. Listen, y'all, um, comedy and laughter through a serious moment can get you through as well. So I think part of that, I think it's a gift to be able to even look at something with the comedic twist to it versus always being negative, pessimistic. We've got to be optimistic, even while being realistic. So as we begin to kind of wrap up here, and our time has gone quick, it's been so fun. It's been so fun. I'm going to wear my Jordan. Has this been by good? Way, has this been service. good? Come on. You know? Um, do we just as Christians, let's talk about Christians for a moment. Do we just as Christians, do we just need to then just struggle well? Or is there a freedom that we can have? Um, what, is, what has God done? How have you found freedom? Um, you know, let, let's talk about a little bit about that spiritual dynamic, which honestly the spiritual you is the most important you. Yeah. Right? Talk a little bit about that and what you've seen God do. I watch what I say, I watch what, I, what, what comes in. Boundaries with friends, family. You didn't know you got boundaries with family because family can get on your nerves. I don't have perfect pitch, but. Prayer, getting rooted back into Jesus. Getting rooted. Not that I slipped and went away, but I got a little comfortable, you know, but my prayer life really increased. My compassion for everybody went through the roof because everybody has been dealing with something. You are not alone. The reason why I know you're not alone, God is with you. He's with you on the mountaintop. He's with you in the valley. God is with you. He was with me. I knew it was, I, I, there are times where I'm like, I'm okay. I've lived a great life. God, you can take me. Like, I'm telling God. He's looking at girl, if you don't go somewhere, sit down and pray. <laughs> and keep going, going, doing the work. It's difficult. But you can do it. God wants you to thrive. His will is that we prosper and be in good health through all things. Okay? I love y'all so much. 
Are there any mental health professionals in the room? If you are, can you stand? Any mental health professionals in the room, can you stand? In all sectors. I thank y'all so much. I thank you for the work that you do to help everybody. And I pray that you have a safe place as well. Thank you. Amen. Amen. You know, the, uh, the word for salvation is uh, sozo, and it also equally can be translated healed. So saved, healed. And uh, I believe that um, there is a healing that God can give you, not just from your wrong choices, but there's a healing also in your mind and in your emotions that God can bring that. And um, your testimony of that, in fact, in your book, Checking In, and they're gonna put it up here. In fact, I, I, I really would love for you guys to use the little QR code here and, and order it because it's really good. How getting real about depression saved my life and can save yours too. And right there they have it. And um, you know what? Um, it tells your story. But it also tells the God story. It tells everything how you were healed in yes. many ways. Yes. And, and you and I were even talking that, that depression does not have to be something that becomes your travel buddy through life. No, it does not. There are many things where we're taught you just got to cope with it. If I'm coping with it, it's with me. It's, it's, Depression is, I don't want depression sitting next to me when I go to bed at night, when I wake up in the morning, when I, I don't want it. Now, I understand, yes, it's, it, it can be with you for a long time, but I pray a supernatural breaking yes, yes. of it, of it. For me, you know, has, will life, life, yeah. Will people, people, yes. Lord. But there are certain choices that I've had to make to where I'm no longer in the bed for six weeks at a time. Depression is a thief. It robs you of, I know we've got to go, but it robs you of time. It robs you of relationships. It reminds you of showering. Because you don't have the strength to even get up and take care of yourself. I was there. I know I was there. Jen sat on my sofa. I was, God bless your heart. We didn't wear masks back then in 2015, whatever year that was, but God bless your nose. But depression robs you of the ability. Anxiety makes you worried about stuff that's not even going to happen. It just, it's a thief. And we know that the enemy does come to steal kill and to destroy. Amen. Amen. Let's stand up. Let's pray for the congregation. Can we do that? Everybody go ahead and stand. Do you mind if uh, Michelle and I agree in prayer over each and every person here? Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord God, for Michelle. We thank you for her story. We are grateful that you have brought her through this. But Lord, I pray that her story would give hope to thousands of other people watching right now 
who maybe have a similar story that they need a breakthrough. So Lord, we pray your healing. We pray sozo, salvation that isn't just for their heart in the sense of eternity, but also for their heart for wholeness. Lord, may people be brave enough to admit they need help. May they reach out and Lord, may they pray. May they get invested and planted in church and may you do a work inside of them. Lord, thank you, God, for the vulnerability of my friend. And Lord God, thank you that it's, uh, it's encouraging us to also be honest. Lord, we pray that this month at City First, by the time we're done, we would be on a journey to having a beautiful mind. We thank you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Come on, give Michelle a huge round of applause, would you?